Welcome to the Biblical Eldership Podcast. Dave Anderson here with my good friend, Ben Great Haley. to be here. Great to oh, be here. Just love you, brother. So grateful for you, your ministry, our friendship over many years, decades, over decades. Unbelievable. Uh, we're talking about the elders' responsibility to oversee the worship ministry. And uh, one of the things I would say, actually, it's the most popular question that comes up in this whole area is how do you know what songs to boot and how do you know what songs to sing? Mm -hmm. Um, Let me just start with a comment. What we sing matters. You look at Mm -hmm. the the throne room uh, in Revelation, they are singing theology. They're singing about the worth of God. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing to me the power of song. We talked about dementia and just how songs you know, can stick with us. I think of just as an opening story, the VeggieTales uh, song they had to change. Uh, the bunny, the bunny, oh, I love the bunny. I don't love my mom or my dad, just the bunny. And it was about Nebuchadnezzar and the chocolate bunny. Okay, okay. I don't recall that personally. Well, listen, I do. <laughs> and I do because it was in the news or Christian okay. news or yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. They had to change it because little kids were in the supermarket singing, I don't love my mom or my dad, just the bunny. Calling child protective service. Right. Like, yeah. what's going on? So they changed it to, <clears throat> I don't like my vegetables or something like that. But th- the point is just songs get stuck in our head yeah. and we sing them mm-hmm. and it matters what songs get stuck in our head. Yeah. It, this isn't neutral. We're not in neutral territory. I think it, it matters. Let's just say it matters particularly in the local assembly yeah. what songs are being sung. How do you determine and pick the songs in the church? Yeah. Do you? Yeah, it's a great question. And I I do think there's something so powerful about that idea. Um, I mean, in my mind, I'd be curious if you would add anything to this, Dave. In my mind, it seems to me that there are two things that tend to be universal to the human experience. I'm talking any person, any culture, anytime. It seems to me that we are moved by music Secular, sacred, Christian, mm-hmm. non-Christian. Mm-hmm. And two, that th- we, we seem to be moved by story as well. It seems like, I mean, gosh, how much of the Bible right. is narrative? Right. It's, so I think that God knows this about us, um, which is why we mentioned this on the last episode, why God's people have always been a singing people. Music has a very, very unique way of embedding itself in someone's heart in a way that... that um, even sometimes the preached word doesn't do in the same way. Um, although I think in, in a gathering, the preached word ought to take primacy mm-hmm. over what we sing. I think the music ought to serve preaching. Um, music builds these bridges with people on this emotional, mm-hmm. visceral level. Yeah. Um, and it just, it gets truth like deeper into us right, in a right. way. Um, Love that. Which, to your point, that that's why um, we ought to be very selective about the kind of uh, content that is accompanying that music that's right. embedding itself in our people. Right. So I, I think there are two maybe overriding or overarching ideas that I think about when it comes to what ought we be what ought we to be singing on a on a Sunday morning together. Right. right. The first idea would would be this. Um, is the song biblical? Does it use biblical language 
biblical themes. Mm-hmm. Now, this doesn't mean that that every song that we sing has to be like word for word from a psalm, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, which is a great question. Psalm singing. Yeah, psalm singing. So we'll, we'll get there. Okay. So I, I don't think that that everything we sing has to be, you know, word for word drawn from a scripture. But right. um, I, I think about this sort of litmus test. If a congregant came up to the worship leader after and said, hey, why did we sing this song? You know, t- tell me where you heard about this song or whatever. I think a worship leader or an elder ought to be able to point to the scriptures and say, look, this is, this is where that yeah. song was birthed. Right. These are some ideas right. from the scriptures. Right. Um, and so is it, is it biblical? Um, and obviously that would include, you know, is it, is it doctrinally sound? Is it teaching what's sound? The second <clears throat> overarching, now you're coughing know, in this you episode. Got me going. Yeah. You got me going. Um, now the second, the second overarching idea would be, is it singable? And hold, hold that thought for okay. a second. I just want to say, just to add on to that, so much of Christian song today, and I'm going to pick on K-Love, at least in Denver, that's a popular Christian music station. But uh, so many of the songs are so theologically bankrupt. I'm thinking as I'm listening to these songs, they could be sung by a Muslim. A Muslim could sing this song. Yeah. A Mormon could sing them. There's nothing distinctly Christian right. about or Trinitarian about the, the music. It's just kind of a general, so general, so nonspecific yeah. that it's it's pathetic. It's weak. It's... Yeah. it's uh, Anyway, that's just a comment on it's got to yeah. be robust yep. doctrinally, theologically, yes. yeah. which is the advantage of a lot of the old hymns. Well, it, I totally agree. I'll, I'll nuance that a little bit because I've thought, I've thought about this. Maybe we can dive into this distinction too. I do think there's a role in my own life. Um, you know, I'm primarily responsible at our church for what songs we sing on a Sunday morning. There are songs that mean a great deal to me in my personal worship that I wouldn't necessarily hmm. sing with the congregation. Hmm. Um, and, and an example of that might be something that is um, really, really simple or really, really repetitive. Yeah. Um, or maybe not particularly... Easy to sing. Easy to sing or, or even, even robust doctrinally. But in my personal worship, I'm, I'm importing some of that. Right. Um, you know, so, like a, there's a lot of old old songs from the 1990s from, you know, Vineyard and <laughs> right that yeah. like I will listen to in my private worship. Sure. Keith and Green. That's, oh, that stuff is so meaningful for right. me personally. Right. Um, I'm a little more selective about maybe, you know, what I bring that into the church service go, well, if it's between a, some, a song like that and something maybe even richer or better mm-hmm. congregationally, I'll pick that one. Right. So the second overarching idea um, in terms of song selection is the singability. Um, one of my favorite hymns, and I'm I, I wondering if you guys sing this, because uh, I think you referenced it earlier this morning, um, Amazing Love. You guys sing that on Sunday mornings? Well, which one? Amazing um, Love. Can it be? da 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 Oh, you mean the Charles Wesley amazing? Yes. Amazing love, how can it be? Absolutely. Can you be a church and not sing that song? Well, here's what I would say about that song. You have to have a congregation. You be careful. You be careful. Listen, 
I love the tune. And, and you and I have sung it together right. at, at conferences before. Right. That melodically. Kind of tricky? It's a little tricky. Okay. So I do think you need to be thinking about what is the ability of the congregation itself? Right. Some congregations that are, are more attuned to singing hymns like that, they're okay with melodies that are jumping around everywhere. Other churches, you may have to develop them into singing right. some, yeah. some more difficult songs. That's fair. What's maybe more applicable would be um, songs, you know, many modern songs, they've got these real low verses and the congregation's singing along and it's great. And then you hit the chorus and it's, it's so high yes. that you, you just hear the voices. You, you lost 90% of the people. Yeah, and so it could be, it could be the key. Um, it could be the, even the amount of lyrics sometimes. You really have to be in tune with the congregation to know, are they, are they able to sing this? That's good. So we should be pushing them and growing them, but also be sensitive to, yeah. man, they're not even going to follow me. Right. At which point, what you don't want is is a bunch of people in the pews watching the <laughs> totally, musicians. Totally, yeah. You know, that's not corporate worship. No, 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 no. Well, again, we're going to get to the importance of congregational singing. By the way, I found that quote from uh, John Stott, uh, in, and it's in his book, The Cross of Christ. In fact, he says, singing is a unique feature of Christian worship. All other great faiths of the world, quote unquote, great faiths, Muslim Buddhists do not sing. By contrast, whenever people come together, it is impossible to stop them from singing. The Christian community is a community of celebration. Uh, love your thoughts on, on, on just picking songs that the whole congregation uh, can sing. Let me ask you this question, Ben, Benjamin. What about Hillsong or maybe some, I mean, in, in uh, Bethel, I'm thinking of Bethel music, Elevation. Uh, they've got some, some of them great songs. Uh-huh. And, and this isn't a gotcha question or a trick question. It's a question we've wrestled with as a church. How I answer this probably <clears throat> determines if I'll ever be invited back. We may not have any more to the podcasts podcast. after yes, this. this might yeah. be. In fact, Justin, get ready to cut this off. <laughs> cut the video feed. No, but it's, I think it's a fair question. There's mm -hmm. kind of a, I'm sure you're aware of it, but, you know, sh should churches sing songs that is, uh, you know, comes from suspect theology? Mm -hmm. Let me give you an example of, okay. of how this has played out for us. So one of our elders invited a new family, um, you know, maybe believers, but maybe, I mean, just kind of not quite sure, very, very, uh, new believers if they are, but mm -hmm. like not grounded mm -hmm. at all. So invited them to come. And uh, I think we were singing, I can't remember what it was, but I want to say it was a, might've been a Bethel song. I can't remember, but he said, Whoa, uh, this is great. I love Bethel mm -hmm. ministry and I love what they do. And, and so he had been familiar with, he'd been with familiar with the music prior. and yeah. even the theology. <clears throat> and this elder had to say, whoa, you know, actually, no, we, we don't, we want to lead you away from that. Um, and so anyway, his point was this can become confusing to people. Yeah. Are we, are we uh, sanctioning, um, you know, the ministries of elevation, which ecclesiologically would be very different from us. Right. 
many things we wouldn't agree with. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I'm thinking of, of a Hillsong in particular, uh, Anist, or, uh, Oh, Praise the Name. Mm-hmm. Lo- I love that song. Yeah. Our congregation has sung that song and loved that song. But then you see last year, and this is, you know, I think it would be 2021, documentaries come out of just the abuse of Hillsong mm-hmm. and it's, it's a public spectacle mm-hmm. and, and, you know, do we want to be associated with, with this? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot, suddenly it's become a liability. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a little bit of the, for those of you wondering, well, what's the problem? Yeah. That, yeah. That's a little bit of the problem. We don't, we're shepherding people. We don't want to lead them to ministries that are, you know, unhealthy or destructive, or even in some cases, maybe false teaching. Obviously we don't want to sing. And yet isolated, there's some songs that are, that are singable. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And and part of it is, and I'm no musician, but I think some of the Hillsong songs in particular, you've got, they're easy to strum like Uh a a youth, you know, it's easy for a youth group to sing these songs because it's it's pretty basic. Mm -hmm. They're singable. And in the case of that, uh, praise the name song, it's, that's rich, theological truth mm-hmm. so it's a, it's a conundrum in some way yeah. that makes a judgment anyway I'm, I'm rambling what are your thoughts on all this well i have yeah it's it's i think you raise so many great points it is it is kind of that age-old debate among and and there's somewhere um that i, I remember listening to bob coughlin who we referenced earlier who was asked this question i think at a conference you know mm-hmm. in fact he's got a blog post you could google it um what about singing songs from questionable sources yeah so I've 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 learned a lot from from Coughlin on this issue, and I, I, there's a couple thoughts that come to my mind. I, I think number one, if the bulk or the majority of your church's songbook is songs from from modern ministries, church ministries, um, I, I think that um, you probably are a little unbalanced, um, and so I I, I would I would caution against saying, Hey, you know, on a, on a Sunday morning, three out of the four songs we sing are all new songs. They're Hillsong songs. They're Mm -hmm. it's a Bethel or whatever. Um, I think we ought to be more balanced than that. Um, and we ought to draw on some of the old stuff. Now I wish I would have remembered who this was. It might've been, um, it might've been the guy who wrote it as well was this like when he died, essentially, not, not a good dude. Yeah, not a not a great guy. Oh, and yet man. we still love the Ben. I've loved that. You've just ruined. I know that and that's it. We can never do that oh, again. Oh no. Yeah. Um, no. Good point, though. I mean, it's not like yeah. these these guys aren't all. It's not like the past has been. Yeah, by these these guys right. that ended their lives with you know this this perfect track right. record. And yet, I mean, it seems like there's a history and time have a way of curating. Totally. Yep. And. Uh, not to cut you off, but I'm thinking one advantage of some of the older hymns is, and I think it was John MacArthur who said this, we might've been together at, at this conference, but he said, one of the reasons we'd like to sing hymns is it te- it teaches our people we're attached to an ancient faith. Right. This yes. isn't just, you know, the eighties and nineties and vineyard and you know, we're all our songs are from the nineties. Like oh, yeah. Christianity is this new thing. No, we go way back. Mm-hmm. And of course that argument falls flat because it's, you know, we only go back 500, you know, we're not singing songs necessarily from the third century. Except maybe Be That My Vision. I think that's like... Is that an old one? It's like seven or 800 years old. Is that old. right? I think so. I mean, that, talk about standing the test <laughs> yeah, of time. Seriously. That's, it might be older than that. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I do think 
what was my point there? Basically have a balanced songbook, but okay. More specifically, I'll try to address the main. Yeah, you don't want all new. You, you don't, don't want, want all new. old. You don't want all old. It's healthy to have a balance. So I would say this, going back to something I said earlier, I think a lot of times, um, you know, I'm thinking maybe in particular like a Bethel, which seems to me versus Hillsong, Bethel seems to be even even more sort of overtly some weird stuff sometimes going on. Sure. Um, some of those songs I'm listening to um, for that in that personal space. Sure. Um, I think the other the other. So your your story, I think it's an interesting story. I think that probably is more rare that you would have someone in your church go, okay, I hear this song, and then they Google it and go, oh, it's by this church. And then that goes, oh, I'm going to listen to that preacher. Sure. So I would say this. If you have a church that is that is training up people to be discerning, you have a church that is word-centered, um, and you're not singing every single song that Hillsong puts out right. that's popular sure. or that Bethel song that puts out. Then I think if you do a Hillsong tune, um, you've actually demonstrated, and this is, I think, what Bob gets into in, in that blog. You're actually demonstrating, hey, we are being very thoughtful about what we sing. We're not going to take all of this stuff wholesale. Sure. Um, and, and we are trusting that the congregation is, is thinking through these things biblically and doctrinally sure, as well. Sure, sure. I would also say this. So um, you'll take a song on its individual merit. Yeah. Yes. And I would say it's, it's, it ought to be more rare. So I'm trying to, I'm actually thinking now through our songbook. I don't know that we probably have any, um, Bethel songs in our songbook. Maybe over the years we've sung one or two, um, but not consistently. Hillsong is in the mix probably a little more. Um, elevation, maybe a couple. Um, but I think what that what that does communicate to the church is this song is valuable in and of itself. And and by us singing it is no endorsement right. of, of the ministry. Right, right. Um, and it's also it's also far less uh, common that we're going to sing those because here's the reality. We are living in the golden age of, of new worship music. Okay. This is a great point. There's a lot of good options. There's right now. so much right. good music out there. That's kind of just where we landed as an eldership is we took a moratorium on some of these more controversial uh, groups or, you know, Hillsong because we, there's so many good songs yeah. right yep. now. I mean, City of Light is yeah, pumping out yeah, some great yeah, ones. Yeah, we do a lot of that. You mm-hmm. can name a bunch of other ones. But yeah. it is. it does seem like a golden age of good. I mean, yeah. the Gettys uh, are just yeah, notorious Gettys. for yeah. good modern hymns. Yeah, Matt Boswell and Matt Papa Boswell. write a bunch of stuff. Matt Papa. Talk a couple of great names, man. Yeah, Matt Papa. What a great name. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that it's important to remember if you're thinking about introducing a new song. I mean, people send me songs all the time. Yeah. I heard this, yeah. or, right. you know, have you heard this new one? We got to sing this in church. And there's so much out there. Right. Uh, you can't do it all. Right. And so if we are going to introduce, say, maybe, you know, maybe we introduce six new songs a year. Um, and we could even talk about that a little bit. Sometimes we it, we are introducing so much stuff right. that people don't learn it. Yeah. And then no one's singing. Right. Um, right. But man, let's let's like draw from all of these sources, yeah. and if we can avoid some of the, you know, 
I mean, you may have a church where if you do a Hillsong song, you're going to get a lot of backlash from people and go, why, right. you know, how dare we do that? Right. Other churches aren't going to care. Right. Um, pick pick songs from really, really rich sources. Right. right. Um, now, if the Gettys fall off the wagon. We're in trouble. We can't do In Christ Alone again either. Oh, man. And that'll be a loss. Let's just hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this as it relates to books. There may be books on my personal personal shelf and I can't, even, I'm not, can't think of any in particular, but that I wouldn't necessarily want on the church shelf yeah. because we're, we want to curate uh, a list of, of books that, and not that we endorse everything the author has said in those books. So right. It's almost like it's the same with books. Like, in fact, we used to have a little placard on our book display, you know, some disclaimer of, you know, we're not endorsing every, there's not any right. one author or theologian we would 100%. Yeah, we're, there's going to be points of disagreement. Right. Yeah. And so there, there, we want to create a culture of discernment mm-hmm. uh, with as it relates to books. And I think the same is, could be said with music. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, this is good. We've got more to come, but Ben, thanks for, thanks for this. It's great to be here. Biblical Eldership Resources is committed to equipping church elders to help them be effective, godly leaders of the church. Please consider donating to the ministry so that we can continue to provide essential eldership resources for church elders around the world. To donate, go to biblicaleldership.com.